listener production. I think there's a couple of things we need to rethink around what does it mean to be productive. People talk about, can I be more productive? Can I get more stuff done? And this idea of more, 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 I think at some point we end up falling in a bit of a heap. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, and this is Fast Track. The term productivity is well-worn. How to get more done with less time and more efficiently. It does sound like a worthy goal and organisations have quest for it for obvious reasons. It's all about not wasting organisational time and resources. But what about us as individual workers? How do we spend our time wisely and literally take back time so we can be really effective? My next guest is Australia's leading productivity expert and for over 20 years has been helping impressive clients both. My next guest is Australia's leading productivity expert and for over 20 years has been helping impressive clients, both government, corporate and not-for-profit, to be more effective, productive and ultimately make work more enjoyable. Her name is Donna McGeorge. Donna's new book is called One Day Refund, Take Back Time, Spend It Wisely. And we're going to find out what I hope are the key principles and ideas to really make use of your time. Donna, thank you so much for joining me on Fast Track today. It's great to meet you. The term productivity is well-worn. How to get more done with less time and more efficiently. It sounds like a really worthy goal and organisations quest for it for obvious reasons and it's all about not wasting organisational time and resources. But what about us as individual workers? How do we spend our time wisely and literally take back the time so we can be really effective? My next guest is Australia's leading productivity expert and for over 20 years has been helping impressive clients, both at government, corporate and not-for-profit, to be more effective, productive and ultimately make work more enjoyable. Her name is Donna McGeorge. Donna's new book is called One Day Refund, Take Back the Time and Spend It Wisely. And we're going to find what I hope are the key principles and ideas to really make use of your time and buy back some time. So Donna, thanks a lot for joining me on Fast Track today. It's great to meet you. Great to meet you too, Margie. Thanks for having me. So lots of chatter about productivity. Is it an evil corporate speak for squeezing more out of us all? Or is it something beautiful that we really need to quest to look for? I think that a little bit from side A and a little bit from side B here. I, I think if we use the word more, that's when we're trying to squeeze stuff. And I really try not to use the word more. People talk about, can I be more productive? Can I get more stuff done? And this idea of more, 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 I think at some point we end up falling in a bit of a heap. So for me, the the beauty of productivity is when we say, how can I just do less? Is it possible for me to stop doing stuff and still end up getting the important things in my life done? You know, someone, someone said to me this recently, they said, oh, you know, life feels like I'm a little bit on a treadmill, 
but not just on a treadmill. I've got a backpack on and everyone just keeps throwing more stuff in my backpack. And so it's I'm on the treadmill and I'm getting heavier and heavier all the time. So this notion of more, 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 I think is a little bit of the evil corporate stuff. And the, the real beauty, I think, is in doing less. Okay, beautiful. So if I was productive, what would that look like? You've started to describe the freeing up, but what do you define about productivity? It's getting done what you need to get done or want to get done. So being really clear on defining what's important to me, what do I value? And it's really why it's quite hard to define because it's different for lots of people. And so for you, it might be I know I'm being more productive if I'm getting my work done in such a way that I have heaps of time to spend on my hobbies or my family or the things that bring me joy. Someone else might say, I know I'm being productive because I'm getting things done, making lots of money or whatever that might be. So what is it that you value? And are you doing the things that that get you towards what you value? That's at at a very high level, I would say, what productivity means. So it's individual in a way. You talk about it being a science. So can you tell me more about those two concepts? So it's interesting that I think there's an art and science of everything. And so the science is there's well-researched strategies around getting stuff done, around removing distractions, around time blocking. These are kind of the scientific things that have been researched. But the art is, as you say, that individual aspect. What is it about what I think is important that I want to get done? And then, of course, the other very scientific aspect of productivity is understanding your brain chemistry and knowing that you're going to be productive and energised and engaged in your work when you're producing the kind of chemicals like serotonin, dopamine, etc., that have you feel good about your work versus when I'm feeling out of control, stressed, under the pump, pressured, I'm producing chemicals like cortisol and adrenaline, which actually end up leaving me less productive. I often make mistakes, I'll, I'll have to repeat stuff, or I don't produce my best work. So there's a couple of aspects there about the science of it. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm really picturing myself a few years ago when I was trying to work till eight and nine o'clock at night. My kids were doing homework late, so I had the time, but I was making mistakes and I learnt just to turn off at a certain point because I'm great at five in the morning, but by six o'clock at night, I don't have much productivity or intellectual rigour, to be honest. So, I mean, it took me a long time to learn that, but I like this idea of the sciences you know, being more effective and efficient for the things that you want to do. The other thing that comes to mind when you're talking about this is the lack of clarity a lot of us have. I'm lucky I work for myself and run my own business, so I have a lot of clarity. But I think a lot of people that are our clients at Graham Consulting talk to us about this lack of clarity about what people want to get done, what they need to get done. And so a bit like the heaping on in the backpack. So, yeah, I'm just curious as we talk about this, where the control lies. There's something about perspective. I think when you run your own business or practice, I think perspective is a little more obvious because you know why you're running your own business. You know why you're doing it on your own. You're, You're a bit clear about that. When we work for someone else, We've got to be cautious that our perspective doesn't get lost in that. Why do we, why do I have this job in this context with this person? Why now? Why this company? Why am I doing that? And how does it serve my bigger purpose? 
I kind of think of things as being ends goal or means goals. And so an ends goal is I'm doing it to get this and that, that's it, full stop. Versus a means goal is I do this to get something else, to get something else, to get something else. It's a means to an end, right? And I think sometimes we lose a bit of perspective about our work in that it, it starts to feel like it's an end goal versus recognising in the big scheme of things, the reason you have a job typically is to earn the funding, which is the means to have a lifestyle or whatever. And so I, I really encourage people to get the clarity for me starts with, let's just put the way in which you earn money into perspective so that you get that it's just the means to other more soulful, if you will, or highly valued ends, you know. Mm. Okay, fantastic. So this is a question that I was dying to ask you. I'm dying to hear about the worst issues you've encountered in productivity. What have you seen? The one that really comes to mind is where people put work before everything else. And so they run themselves into the ground, etc. I know of a woman uh, who, who called me in and said, I've got all this stuff I need to get done. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really flat out busy and I've got to get all this work done and I've made this commitment to everyone. But I've also got to go see my doctor because I've recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I went, are you kidding me? So this is not so much a productivity story, but it certainly is around, you know, really be careful about what you prioritise. So in her case, she was so busy trying to be productive and getting stuff done and meeting her work commitments, she'd absolutely put her health at risk. So that's a very extreme example, but it, that happens a lot where people are on a ridiculous, vicious cycle of, you know, drag themselves out of bed at five in the morning, slam as much caffeine into their system as they can, go at a rate of like literally throw the kids in the car, nearly toss your kids out of a moving vehicle on the way past the school, work flat out all day, often in meaningless meetings, get to the end of the day exhausted, come home and someone says to you, and I get this a lot when, when someone says, what's for dinner? And, you know, the head spins like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, you know. It's like you're turning this, I don't know what's for dinner. Then you end up having to catch up on email and stuff all night. So you go to bed really late. Then you might have to self-medicate with a glass of wine to lower your, your temperature a bit. And then you start it all the next day. So I see that a lot, that vicious cycle of just, just constantly being 100% on 100% of the time. And that's a, that's a perspective piece, isn't it, where you lose perspective mm. because you get sucked in like a rip in, a, in an ocean mm. where you, you're there before you even know it. So, so what happened during COVID that inspired you to write your book? How did productivity change for us? Because there was been a change, right? Absolutely. I think the thing that inspired me the most was if, if I'd said to you back in 2019, I'm going to give you an extra day in your week, what would you do with it? Chances are you'd probably say something like, I go bike riding, spend time with my kids, go to the beach, read more books, do a bit of self-care, get in the garden, whatever it might be. And then during, I noticed this during the first lockdown in 2020 in Victoria, people uh, who were forced into working from home, and this happened across most of Australia, but because I was living in Victoria, I noticed it more. Suddenly they got back their commute time and the average commute time is about an hour each way from door to door. And so suddenly people got two hours a day back. And if you add that up over a week, that's 10 hours they got back. And hardly anyone did anything with it. So it, that what they did is instead, you know, what would you do if you had an extra day? 
Uh, they did more emails, they did worked on more projects, they did, produced more reports. It just got subsumed into, and so instead of a technically an eight-hour workday, they were having 10-hour workdays, and that the boundaries just got so blurred. So you might argue people would say they were more productive in that time because, well, they were spending more hours there. But for me, it was just such a lost opportunity. I don't know anyone that went to their boss and said, I'm going to do 10-hour days because I have missed my commute and I'm going to have Fridays off. And you probably could have made that argument Mm. by saying I'm going to compress my work into Monday to Thursday and then have my day refund, if you will, all day Friday. But, But no one did that. It just all got sucked into the vortex of work. So why don't we do that? Because I remember years ago facilitating a program where we did time audits Mm. to see how we spent our time and whether that was actually matching the goals we were questing for. Is that something you sort of recommend for people to stop and review and do a time audit? I talk about stopping and taking stock. And so often um, when people are feeling overwhelmed, out of control and at risk of failing at the important things, um, it's like, well, the first thing you've got to do is just stop decompress, get everything out of your head, get right down everything that's on your mind, get it all out. And it's kind of like an audit and then go through and go, right, what is it, you know, filters like me or not me or now and not now, just to get a sense of what have I got going on and what could I just not do? What could I remove? What could I pass to other people? What could I put off a little bit down the track? The idea of an audit though is is an interesting one because until you, it's, it's data, Until I know where my time is going, I don't know how I'm going to be able to make an adjustment or where I might be able to find my 15% that I can pare back. It's so interesting, that thing about COVID and how we did all get time back from our commute, but how did we spend it and whether we actually realised that we were going to keep that time for such a long time. Mm. You talk about capacity, Donna, and you talk about physical capacity and emotional capacity. What do you mean? So emotional capacity is like mental capacity. You know, you'll hear people saying things like, I just don't have the bandwidth, I don't have any breathing space, I haven't got the time to think or the space to think. And that for me straight up is an indicator that they've got an emotional or mental capacity issue. Physical capacity is literally your physical space. So if I was to look at your desk, is it piled high full of stuff? Uh, When you go to leave the house, is there a massive uproar because you can't find your keys and you can't find your sunglasses and you don't know where you put your wallet down? And so there's an aspect of your physical space or capacity that's at risk. And so Marie Kondo has a lot to say about this around tidying up and, and neatening up space. And so, but both of those aspects impact on your overall capacity to do the world. And this is another reason why I'm, I'm not keen on the word more because we, we kind of have a finite amount of capacity. And, and if you think about this both ways, there's only so much your head can carry. There's only so much that can fit in your wardrobe. And no one's going to get an extension. Well, maybe you will get an extension on your house to take the overflow of your wardrobe. Most of the time when we hit capacity, we have to pull stuff away. So we have to empty out our wardrobe or we have to empty out our heads so that we've got space, technically. Wow. Sounds simple, but really very, very powerful. 
So if we have a capacity and we need to get stuff done, then what's the key to being productive? What are your tips for us? Of course, we want to read your book, but what have you got for us? Yes. So tip number one, go and grab the one day refund. Uh, There's some, some great stuff in that. In fact, Someone said to me recently, oh, yeah, Donna McGeorge, she writes great tip books. Uh, so, yes, it's full of tips. Um, so I would say it all starts with have I got the space to think about my productivity? And so I'm going to say you've got to start with clearing out some thinking space. And the three things I say there are to decelerate, decompress and decide. So decelerate, basically stop, slow down, make some gaps. If anyone was listening right now and they're thinking, I'm just out of control and I'm really overwhelmed, I'd say go to your diary right now and where can you protect two hours straight up? Just um, And in fact, if you were really struggling, I'd say cancel some meetings. So you've got a couple of hours where you can just stop and then grab a bit of paper and write out everything that's on your mind, not just things I have to do. It could be what's on my mind is I'm worried about my parents or there's some stuff happening with the kids at school. Just what's on your mind? Just literally wipe the mind. I think we forget that the human mind is for having or creating ideas, not storing them. And yet we try to store so much in our brain. So the first thing we've got to do is stop Then get everything out of our brain, wipe the mind and write it all down. And don't forget personal admin. I I talk to a lot of professionals who'll say, but, you know, but Donna, I had such a great day. I got through so much stuff, but I'm still exhausted at the end of the day. I'm like, yeah, because you're still carrying even personal admin in your brain. So if you're thinking about paying bills or changing the batteries in your smoke detectors, whatever, write it all down, get it all out and then begin to make decisions. Um, And those decisions need to align with what we talked about earlier in our conversation around what's really important, what what do I value most, what do I really want to spend my time on and start to basically delete stuff that you're just not going to do or not going to think about anymore. Okay, so that's the first step sort of just to unload. And then after that, what are some of the ways forward to maintain and sustain some levels of productivity so we don't get sucked out into the rip of overwhelm again? We need to recognise or pay attention to the clock in our body, not the clock on the wall. So the next thing you want to think about is that our bodies, uh, our circadian rhythms, if you will, are designed for mental agility in the morning and physical in the afternoon. And so given that a lot of us are knowledge workers, are you protecting the first two hours of your day to be able to do your most impactful and most intense mental work uh, in the morning? So I would be saying straight up, protect the first two hours and then protect the last hour of your day so you can control the beginning and end of your day so that when you're coming in to your workplace, you're not immediately having to hit the ground running and having to go hard the moment you get there. I'm a huge fan of time blocking and and what I call defragging or clustering work. So I don't know whether you remember the olden days with computers, they used to store data all over the disk. And so every now and then you'd have to run a defrag program, which would compress all the data into one part of the disk, creating a whole bunch of space around it. And so I think we should do that with our calendars. So maybe we don't do meetings before 10 and after 3. So we're compressing the time in the day. That's our time for meetings. And then we've got space either side of that 
to do our, quote-unquote, real work. So that, that would be the next thing, protecting time in there so that you're, you're in more control of your diary. And when you're talking about that, I, I'm just thinking about a coaching conversation I had yesterday where someone said it's not just the task switching that's exhausting. So going from a meeting about one thing to another thing to another thing, but it's like the inability to find time to focus. So as you talk about that, I, I hear the antidote to exactly that problem. It's not necessarily a productivity problem as long as we can overlay it, but it's actually let's organise your time so you'll be more productive at the end. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes we mistake productivity with getting lots done and it's not. It, it's actually I can have my most productive days by doing three key things And I always think to myself, my most productive days are when I'm doing things that my future self will thank me for. So what could I be doing today that means that some point in the future I go, ah, this was, I'm so glad I did this because now that makes that time even more effective or productive. So I think there's a couple of things we need to rethink around what does it mean to be productive, but also what does a productive day look like? And I'm going to say a productive day is going to look like not many meetings. So you look at your calendar and you go, there's not many meetings in there. That's going to be a really productive day. Or I've really protected and blocked time to get my stuff done. That's going to be a productive day. As you're talking, Donna, I'm also thinking of something that is cluttering my mind at the moment that I can't do anything about for six months. So just talking to you about this has made me realise that if I can't do anything about it for six months, let's park it and bring it back up in six months' time and free up some of that brain and emotional capacity. Yeah, that's and the act of writing it down. So go maybe go forward into your diary and write it down or go into your calendar and just as long as it's acknowledged there, it's like the brain can then go, ah, okay, that's taken care of. There's been some really interesting studies around wait staff who don't write down your order, they just remember it. And they can, they actually can remember it because they're holding it in their brain. Because the moment they write it down, the brain goes, ah, that's taken care of. I don't need to hold that in my brain anymore. And so the converse of that for us is we should not be carrying and holding that project that, you know, thinking about that for six months, that's just going to clog your head up. So yes, writing it down, making a note of it, your brain goes, yay. Now I can relax. Yeah, and we know that thing of writing something down when you wake up in the middle of the night. And I know Professor Tony Grant talks if it write it down. So if you're in a coaching session and you're trying to listen and something's in your brain, write it down so you can come back and be really focused. So Donna, are there any last tips before we sadly have to say goodbye? Any other insights? And also, what are the bad habits we should break? So I'm I'm going to combine those questions with my answer by saying one of the bad habits we have is dipping in and out of email all day and letting email drive our either productivity or our work or our activity through the day. So the bad habit I want you to break is I don't want you to look at your email first thing. I prefer that you came in in the morning, had your first two hours, you've already decided the day before, what are my most important things that I'm going to do tomorrow morning? And you do those then you look at your email. And now I know right now there's a bunch of people listening to this that may have just vomited a bit in their mouth at the thought of that. Um, When do I look at my email? Oh, my God, I could never do that. And that's okay. So maybe here you go, get out of jail free card, maybe scan it, but don't action it. 
So do your most important things first, then look at your email. In fact, the best time of day to do email is just after lunch. Um, so there's a good time of day for everything. And so I would say that in terms of helping people with an immediate issue in email, this a big problem is try to put it off till after lunch, um, get your most important stuff done in the morning and then go for your life. You can spend the rest of the afternoon in email if you really need to. So I'm going to try that one. That's fantastic because it's the first thing I do. I have a couple of other things that I do and get done and get up and have a walk, though. That My walk is my productivity place. I love my walk in the morning, gets my head in the right space. But your tips about email, your tips about emptying your brain, these are all really practical pieces about how we can be personally productive, and I love them. Donna McGeorge, what a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to help us think about productivity a little bit differently and give us some of those tips. Thanks for being on Fast Track. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Lovely to meet you too. Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Nikki Sitch. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Listener.